0: Have you ever closed your eyes and imagined what it would be like to be blind, to not see, or to be blind from birth? As the man was in John chapter nine that had been that way his entire life. In fact, he couldn't even remember what a face looked like, a color looked like, an image looked like. And imagine what stress that would cause in your life. You know, when we play a game or pretend to be blind or close our eyes and see what it'd be like, that brings enough stress and danger. But think if that were that way every day, as it was for this man. Well, Jesus healed the blind man, but then he spoke to a larger issue, not just the physical blindness or the physical infirmities and anxieties of the people, but the spiritual blindness. And this is what he's gonna touch on in Matthew chapter six and the Sermon on the Mount. He touches on a spiritual blindness that brings anxiety into our lives. A physical blindness is probably much more recognized. We know when we can't see. But a spiritual blindness, we don't always see. We feel the effects of it. This morning, as we look in this text from Matthew chapter six, verses 19 to 24, I I'd like to see it in really three parts. One, the condition of the people and their anxiety. Secondly, the cause of their anxiety. And then thirdly, the cure. The condition of the people. Jesus is speaking to the masses. He has his disciples at his feet. He has the, the larger crowd of people that have, have been following his teaching, been eating his bread and fish, watching his miracles. He has the critics that are standing on the side the scribes and Pharisees to try to trap him in some way. But most of these people... Uh, and their condition live in a very stress-filled life. When I say stress-filled, I think in the sense of third world, not first world stresses. We have stresses today, uh, COVID-19, and many of the effects of that with our jobs, and our health, and the loss of loved ones. But the times were a little different then. It'd be very common to walk by and see in the distance a leper, or to see a blind man, or to see the lame, or to see people with diseases that were incurable, begging on the side of the road. There's great disparity between the rich and the poor. They were oppressed by the Roman government and made servants. It was a very humiliating time if you were a Jew. Even in the religious system, uh, they looked at the religious leaders and saw them as self-righteous hypocrites. They were not people that cared. They were not people that showed any mercy. There were all kinds of injustices and unrighteous acts taking place and the people were incredibly discouraged. So I think no matter what day you live in or what it, you experience, all of us can feel this kind of worry and fear and stress and anxiety. And That's what I love about God's word. God's word is timeless as it touched their lives as he spoke in the Sermon on the Mount on that hillside. It also speaks into our lives this morning as we examine God working in us to bring us out of our anxiety. So what's the cause? The condition is, I mean, we see that. We see the stress. But what is the cause? And as we look in our text this morning, to me, you're going to see really three root causes that everything flows out of. See if you can pick those up. Uh, One of them we started with last week is the heart, where the affections of the heart are on horizontal things rather on vertical things. The next one we'll talk about this morning is the eye and being able to see clearly. And thirdly is the head or what you submit to in your authority. When these are not right, it's gonna produce all kinds of worry and fear and anxiety. Listen to this. Matthew 6 verse 19. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So these are the three root problems that really manifest themselves in many other ways. The first one we talked about the last time we were in this chapter was your, your treasure, your heart. We said that the treasure's not bad, riches are not bad, being wealthy is not bad, but when your heart is tied to horizontal things that are passing away, it's gonna stress your life out. And he, he marks these things of garments because this is how they would gather up their treasures and hoard them as your garments will be eaten by moths, uh, your grain that you're storing up is gonna be eaten by rats, <laughs> and your gold is gonna be stolen. So if you're always worried about your security in this, you're going to be full of anxiety. And what is the answer? We find the answer at the end of the chapter in verse 33, where he says, Seek first the kingdom of God, your heavenly Father. And he says, All these things will be added unto you. In other words, your grain and your gold and your garments, you'll have everything that you need. But you don't worry about how they're gonna come or how they might go. You put your trust in your Heavenly Father who has promised that he will take care of you. And that was our our first message. So this morning, we're gonna be on the second of these where he talks about the eye and the light, the ability to see clearly and to not be in darkness. Because if you are in either physical blindness or in a spiritual blindness, your life is gonna be full of anxiety and worry. So look at these words again in verses 22 and 23. This will be our text for this morning. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, some translations say single, but you have a healthy eye, then you see. Your your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, in other words, light is not coming in, you're not able to see, it says your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness. What does light do? Well, you can't see without light. You can't see color, you can't see images. It, it, when you have no light, physical light or spiritual light, you cannot see. Here are four actions of light, and there are probably many more than these, but let me just share these uh, four actions. Number one, light is discerning. It helps you discern what's true, what's right, what's authentic, and a bright light will help us to discern what is true. So we might use the phrase, put the light on the subject or shine the flashlight or intensify the light because I want to see what is true. We go through life and we don't know what's true. We don't know what's right. It causes an incredible amount of pressure and stress. But light, true light, will help us to discern what is truth, what is error, what is right, what is wrong. God tells us that we can know what is true, and his light is what helps us do that. You know, back in the day of these Jews, they would store everything in pots, clay pots. Whether water or food, they'd store it up in their homes, or they'd use it to carry uh, they didn't have refrigeration, and so this was this is how they they use these. And so they, these pots would be for sale everywhere. And if someone had a really fine pot but had a crack in it, sometimes they would clean it off, fill it with hot wax, smooth it over, and paint it. Now you say well, that's not right. Well, the world is filled with people that are not right and people that are trying to deceive. So how do you discern? How do you discern whether or not this is good, whether or not it's right, whether or not it's real? And so the, the term they used was without wax. In other words, and you hold it up to the light, and "kreno" "kreno" means to judge. To judge, I hold up that pot to the light, and if there's a crack in it, then the light's gonna shine right on through the wax, and you can see. And so what light does is, is it helps us discern what is true and what is right, and when we have that, it brings a measure of peace into our, our lives. You know, even when you're going through a very, very difficult time, and you know you're doing what's right, and you know this is true, it brings a stability into your life. But if you, if you wonder, you know what, I really don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I really don't know if this is true. Well, you can know truth, God tells us that, and you can function in truth. So it is discerning. Secondly, it is defending. Light is a defense, light drives out darkness, it dispels darkness, it attacks darkness. But darkness doesn't attack light, Uh, darkness doesn't overcome light, but the light overcomes the darkness. You know, I think that they say one of the best safety things you can do to guard your home is to have lights and to keep them on at night, or to have those uh, ones that are motion detectors and shine the light. Because thieves and robbers and those that wanna break in and steal or ones that will threaten your life usually do their work in darkness. That's just a fact. Light has the power to defend. And I think that is true for us in our, our physical earthly lives, and also in a spiritual sense, the light of the truth of God helps us defend the prince of the power of darkness, who is Satan. So it is defending. I don't know if you remember when you were a kid being in the dark, but I didn't like the dark. And I have several memories of being in a place where it was all dark and I didn't know where the light switch was and being kind of in a a little panic and not wanting to move. Well, we get like that as adults too. And what will drive out that fear is when we're able to have the light defending us. Number three is light is directing. It is directing. I think of Psalm 119, 105, where it says, his word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. It's like a flashlight in the woods. You know, you go running through the woods with no light, uh, it's probably going to be a hazard for you and someone else. But if you have light, if you have that light in front of you, and God gives us light to direct our steps. And, and what's interesting. It's, it's, like, it's not a floodlight that sees out 20 years. It's, it's a light to take the next step. And God gives you, spiritually, enough light to take the next step. And you can take that. And when you take that step, uh, He'll give you enough light for the next step. To me, it's a beautiful thing of living in faith and dependence upon Him. But it directs us. And having light gives you confidence to take steps, to be able to run, to be able to, to move without fear. Uh, I have a lot of stories on this, but uh, there was one time Diane and I were up in Steamboat Springs and we're staying in a condo and it was pitch black at night. Uh, and I, I got up in the middle of the night and it was going into the other room and uh, no nightlight, no flashlight. I didn't have any kind of light. And, uh, and so I, I'm walking kind of gingerly and I have my hands out like this and couldn't see a thing. And the next thing you know, I walk right into a door and split my forehead open. Of course, blood's coming down, and then I did wake everyone up. I didn't have to turn the light on to be able to do that. But when you're walking in darkness, there's fear. There's uncertainty. There's a possibility of all kinds of danger. God's word is a lamp and a light to direct our steps. And then finally, uh, I use this word, an action word, it is delighting, it is delighting because light will bring out color, and light will bring out beauty. It brings out the light of God, the, the beauty of God, and with all the manifold colors that he makes. And one of the experiences we had this last year is being back in Palau with our kids. They say it's one of the top diving places in the world. And when you, when you go underwater snorkeling, you look at the, the colors of the fish, it, they're just amazing, it's just amazing. But we get to the part of the ocean where this is all near the coral reef and the sunlight is coming into the water. You see this brilliant colors. I can't even describe how beautiful uh, the scene was down there with all of the fish and the coral. But then you kind of turn out to the deeper part of the ocean and it's just black. (laughs) And we talked about this like, you know, I don't think I wanna swim out there. You never know what's gonna come out of those dark waters. And I think this, that, that, God allows us to enjoy the beauty of all things as light is put upon it. And the more we see of him, the more we see of creation. This is another action of what he brings. So the next part that we have here is the cure. This is our third, the third part of our message. The cure for anxiety. What is the cure? And I I think it's not an easy cure, but it's a simple one and we've talked about this in a previous message, we'll talk about it next week as well, is the cure is your heavenly father. Your heavenly father. When you think of your heavenly father, and I'll not spend time on this again, but each one of those words, your heavenly father has great weight. In James chapter one and verse 17, listen to this. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He does not change like shifting shadows. Isn't that amazing? Every good and every perfect gift comes from my heavenly Father. And he does not change like shifting shadows. And it says he is the Father of lights. In other words, he associates light with goodness. My Father is light. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, it says, God is light. He reveals himself as light in his person. He reveals himself through his Son. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Listen to this in 2 uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. So God's glory is revealed through the face of Jesus. So God reveals himself and all of his perfections, his attributes. He reveals himself in the person of Jesus who prov- provides for us the way of salvation and of eternal life. And then thirdly, God reveals Himself as light to us through His Word. He calls it a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. And so God's Word is light. He gives us light, and He gives it to us daily. So here's the interesting thing. When I think about how do I cure the anxiety that comes with darkness, how do I cure that? Well, it's light, but but there's a second part of this. God provides light. He shines the light. He gives the light. He expresses it through his son, Jesus. He expresses it through his word. He gives you all the light that you need. But can you see? Can you see? Just because there's light out there doesn't mean that I can see anything. Because the second part of this is that your eye is good. Your eye is single. If your eye is evil, your eye is bad, you can't see. God could be full of light, the whole world full of light, and you still can't see a thing. So the eye that is good is the eye of faith. It is the eye that receives. God is light and he shines, and we are the ones who will open the door by faith to allow the light to come in. See, the Christian life is about Dependence upon God and waiting on God and leaning upon God for salvation, for life, for everything. And when we have that dependence on him, it drives away that fear. We say often seeing is believing. If I see it, I believe it. But what Jesus really teaches is believing is seeing. In other words, if if I open the door by faith to trust, the light will shine in. make a difference in my life so I asked you at the beginning of this message have you ever imagined yourself blind and maybe you have physically blind but have you ever thought of yourself being spiritually blind maybe blind to salvation and eternal life the gift of eternal life that God gives through his son or it could be even as a Christian that you're blind to certain things that God is trying to reveal and to show you. And you would say today, Lord, open my eyes. I know that your light is shining. I know light is a reality, but I need to open up the door and let the light shine in. There's a, one of my favorite stories in all of the Bibles found in 2 Kings chapter 6. Many of you have heard of the prophet Elijah, but he had a young understudy named Elisha. And Elisha is less known, but actually he uh, performed twice as many miracles. But Elisha was in a place called Dothan. It's north, maybe 60 miles of Jerusalem. It's the same place that Joseph had gone looking for his brothers before he was sold into slavery. But here you have this man of God, the prophet, following the Lord, serving the Lord. And he had an assistant, a servant, that was along with him. And so they were in a very remote place in Dothan. But the king of Aram, a northern nation, uh, was so upset with Elisha because of things I, Elisha uh, was saying. He he found things out because God told him, and he would speak the truth. And a lot of people don't like those that speak the truth. And so the, the king of Aram sent his entire army to Dothan to capture Elisha and what was was so incredible is when you read this story and and go back later and you can read this but the servant goes out out of the tent and he looks up and they are surrounded by the Aramean army they're just completely surrounded And, and he is in a panic he is in so much fear And here's what he says. He says, alas, master, what shall we do? It's it's like the cry of panic. We are in the most desperate spot we've ever been in. And Elisha says, do not worry, because there are more of us than there are of them. Now, that that seems pretty bizarre. And then he says, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes. And said and and it says he, he opened his eyes, and around about them were chariots and horses of an entire angelic army completely surrounding the army that was surrounding them. And you think about you think about this that that reality, that heavenly reality of God's uh, super powerful army over this little army of the Arameans it was always there. It was always there. Elisha saw it, but his servant didn't see it. What needed to take place was not for God to come, he was already there, it was not for God to do something, he'd already prepared what he was going to do, but it was for that servant to see to have his eyes opened in faith, believing to see the reality. And you can imagine the difference that that makes. You know, it didn't change the fact that they were surrounded. It it didn't change the fact that the Aramean army was out to destroy them, but in light of the almighty power of God's army, it was nothing. And so what that did was just drive away the fear completely of course there's even more to the story that to me is most amazing to see how god works when he said to his servant don't be afraid for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them lord please open his eyes and let him see that would be my prayer for you that would be my prayer for me lord open my eyes Open our eyes and help us to see the spiritual realities of your light. Help us to see everything you want us to see and drive out that anxiety. May we have a healthy eye. So I pray this for all of us as we close. You remember back to this man born blind in John 9. He was physically healed, but he also needed to be spiritually healed. So there's, and God cares about all of it. He cares about all of it. I pray this, Lord, open my eyes to the unseen realities of my heavenly father and help me to believe. Father in heaven, I pray that you take these words and encourage our hearts with the light that you give that drives out fear and anxiety and worry, and help our eyes to be healthy, to be open with faith and believing. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.